Good morning, Fairdale Christian Church. My name is Riley Reinhardt, and as Brandon introduced me, I'm the student minister here at Fairdale Christian Church. I'm so excited to be here with y'all this morning to be a part of this church family. But before we get, we get going today, at Fairdale Christian Church, we love to celebrate because uh, when, when, when new life transformation happens, when people are baptized, the old part of themselves, they, it, it actually dies. And in the process of becoming a Christian, part of baptism is, is actually dying to yourself. And we want to celebrate the new life we have in Christ. Uh, we, have, we have up on our screen, we have Kelly and Carrie who decided to get baptized this past week. Um, and so let's just give them a round of applause. This truly is something that we can be excited about. So before I get started today, I thought it would be really beneficial if I kind of share the story of, of how I, I came to join the team here at Fairdale Christian Church. So I, and it really is a story of God's providence and how God is with us in every season of our life, even when we, we don't know it. So I grew up in, in Georgia, so I, I consider myself kind of a Georgia boy at heart. But my whole mom's side of the family is from uh, Louisville, Fairdale area. My, my great-grandmother actually was baptized at this church. I found this out like a few weeks ago, actually, so it's, this is new news for me as well. And so I, I lived in Georgia for most of my life, but, but after, after my parents' divorce, I, I actually ended up coming back here and living here for, for four, four to five years. I went to Lassiter Middle School. I went to Fairdale High School, and I actually lived on the other side of Brown Austin Road while I, while I lived here in Fairdale. So this is a really cool uh, experience for me to be back here. Um, but, and so then after that, I went to Johnson University, studied, uh, studied preaching and youth ministry. And as soon as I got done with Johnson, you know, all that schooling, all the anticipation, all the buildup, I was just ready to go. I really, really wanted to be a student pastor. And that was like my goal in life. I was so, so excited for it. And I was amped, and I was ready to go, and it was, this, it was something I was so excited about. And, but I had this tough decision to make. I was, I was in a, uh, I'm still, I was with my girlfriend, Annie, and at the time, we had been long distance, our whole relationship. And I had this huge decision to make. Was I going to find a job here in Louisville, or was I, there was this residency program uh, at Christ Church of the Valley in Phoenix, Arizona, which is essentially a pastoral training program uh, where you learn and get to experience ministry and get to walk alongside people and learn uh, from other pastors so that you can grow as a pastor. And I, and I really wanted to be here in Louisville so I could be around family, so I could be with my girlfriend. So I uh, applied to Faradell almost a year and a half ago uh, or today, so when the, when the position first opened up, but decided not to, to go forward with the process because I, I finally decided that God wanted to challenge me. He wanted me to take me to Phoenix, Arizona, to get equipped and to learn and to grow. And so I, I made that decision then. But then uh, about three or four months ago, I knew, um, I knew that I wanted to be back in this area. And it just so happened uh, that the position at Fairdale was open and, and I was able to come here and, and be a part of this family. And for me, that is just such a reminder of God's faithfulness and, and how I ended up being able to be here. It wasn't in my timing but it was truly in God's timing. And so really for me, I'm in this awesome opportunity. There's so many new things that have been happening in my life. I just got this amazing job. I am made for student ministry. It's one of the things I am most passionate about. But even better than that, about two, or about two months ago, maybe, maybe less than that, I got engaged to my beautiful, wonderful fiance, Annie. She's, uh, she's sitting over there. That's, 
she probably hates me right now. She's like, oh, he's such a cliche student pastor talking about his wife, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and so these are two really new things that, like, if you're, if, as a teenage boy, like, all you want is to have a girlfriend, right? And so I, it's like I'm telling my teenage self, hey, we, we're, we're about to get married. Like, things, things are working out. And then as soon as I started um, at Johnson, it was my anticipation, it was my excitement to be a student pastor. So two different things in my life that I'd waited a really, really long time for finally came into fruition, finally happened. Something I'd been anticipating for a really, really, really long time. And, and really, that's what this Advent season is about. It's about anticipation. It's about excitement because of Jesus the Messiah. That Jesus is here to have a relationship with us, us now, and we know at his second coming when he comes again, when he, when he finally says goodbye, when he finally destroys sin once and for all, and we don't, we don't have to deal with the present sufferings that we have to go through anymore, when he finally does that, that's what this season is about. It's about that anticipation, knowing that something better is to come. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of us kind of forget what this season is about. The, the idea of Advent, the idea of heat, hope, peace, joy, and love, it, it all kind of seems really trivial. Peace itself seems like we really can't have it. We find ourselves like being torn in a million different directions, and that's really the opposite of peace. Peace is, is kind of defined as, as wholeness. It's being whole. It's being put together. And right now, we're especially in Christmas, like I don't, I don't know about y'all, but uh, this is kind of my first Christmas as a full-fledged adult in the sense that I have a full-time job and um, I'm engaged. So to me, I'm thinking there are all these expectations I need to fill out of Christmas, right? I'm, I'm now thinking about, okay, do I need to get a Christmas tree this year? And, and does it need to be plastic or does it need to be a real tree? And, and how much does that cost? And I got to go to Walmart and get cookies for like three or four different parties that I'm supposed to be going to. And, and I'll, I'll feel guilty if I don't show up at one of these parties because so-and-so is going to be there. And I would be upset if they thought that I didn't want to go to their party and there's all of these expectations around the Christmas season. You have to do this. You have to go to this experience. You need to go to and literally sign yourself up for everything. You need to be serving. You need to be spending time with family. You need to be buying the red Starbucks cup uh, or you're going to miss out because it's going to be gone by January and you have to get the red Starbucks cup. There are all these expectations around Christmas. And, and, it, and it's frustrating. It's so frustrating because it's supposed to be the season of joy. It's supposed to be the season of happiness and peace. And a lot of times, it doesn't leave us with peace. It actually just leaves us with stress. A lot of us, there's a lot of hassle also when we, when we get the Christmas presents or we get a lot of different Christmas presents. And we actually have to take them back, right? That's, one of the, that's, that's a really difficult process. We actually, I think a lot of us, if we were given the opportunity we wouldn't just take Christmas gifts back. We would just take Chris, the whole Christmas experience back. We would just return Christmas because it's such a stressful period of time and it can cause us so much anxiety. And it, and it really just always makes us feel like we're being gypped, like we're missing out. Like, what are we missing out on Christmas? And I think this, is, this isn't a problem that, that's new to us. And in the Christmas story, 
In Luke chapter 2, we, we see a lot of the characters in this story, they're suffering from a lack of peace. And Luke, the first person, it's interesting, the first person that Luke identifies in Luke chapter 2 is Caesar. So in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we, we read that uh, at that time the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that all that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. So Caesar Augustus was the, was the emperor of the Roman Empire at a time, and the biggest thing that Caesar was known for, or his sense of pride, the thing he was like, I did this, 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 the thing he was most excited about was he was the emperor that brought peace to all of the Roman Empire. So before Caesar came along, the Roman Empire was divided into three different empires, but Caesar essentially destroyed all these other, these other two empires and united the Roman Empire for the first time. So he was known as this person who, who brought peace. And because of this, there was this huge economic outburst. The, the, the different cultures of Greek, Persian, and Roman, all these different ideas came to one, and new technology and new ideas and new literature, all of these great things were happening. But even though these things were happening on the outside, there was still unrest, there was still problems in the Roman Empire. One, one, early, uh, one early historian or writer said it like this. He said that, while the emperor may give peace from what on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than outward peace. It really sounds like what we're experiencing here today. There was no difference in, in the peace that we have now, the peace of Christmas, than, what, than the kind of peace that Caesar was offering in Luke chapter 2. It all seemed like it was fading. It, it didn't really last. The peace of Caesar could not last. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, though, that Luke introduces this man who is known for bringing peace. But then, he, but then he also, right after he mentions Caesar, he goes into the story of Jesus, the Messiah. Who, if you were an Israelite at this time, you had this expectation or anticipation that the Messiah would come. So the Messiah was, this, was, this, uh, was prophesied in the Old Testament that he would be the person of peace, the one that would basically take our relationship with God and make it whole again. It wouldn't be scattered anymore. It would be whole again. And you see, Israel was this chosen nation at one time. Under David, they were thriving. They had all of this land, and their armies were mighty and great. And this was all because they followed and had an obedient covenant relationship with Jesus or with God. But when they started rebelling, when they started blatantly choosing not to obey God, their relationship with God fell apart, and he decided to give them over into their own desires, into their own choices. And, and that's what happens when we choose the opposite of God. We get the consequences that come with a lack of God in our life. And that's what happened in the nation Israel. But God, in his love, knew that all of us would make these same mistakes and he, he decided he was going to send himself, he was going to send this Messiah that was going to be the person of peace. He wasn't just going to bring peace, he was going to be peace. 
And so Luke mentions these two different people. And, and who is the first group of people that God wants to reveal that the Messiah has been born? So, so Mary and Joseph, they have baby Jesus in Bethlehem in, the, in, the, in a barn, basically. And the first people that God chooses to reveal the Messiah to are, are a bunch of mangy, gross, dirty guys that hang out with animals. It was a, it was a, bunch, of, a bunch of shepherds. And he and, and, and the what happens is they are revealed to these shepherds, and they were uh, that night the shepherds were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And and so what these these shepherds were doing is they were watching their sheep at night, and they weren't even really they were just average guys. There wasn't really anything special about them. And then these angels appear out of nowhere and they say, and, and they startle the shepherds and they're, they're confused as to what's going on, what, what's happening. And they say, fear not, for a baby has been born in Bethlehem. And they say, this is good news. This is good news for us. This is good news for everyone here. He is the Messiah. He's going to bring peace here on earth. And so then the shepherds do immediately what the angels say and they, and they begin to worship they begin to worship because this is what they had been longing for this whole time. This is what they anticipated. They, they had seen Caesar's peace and they had known that's not the peace that they wanted or needed. They were actually longing for something more. What they were actually anticipating was the peace of Jesus. And really, it's, it's kind of interesting because when we read this story, we already know about Jesus' life, right? We already know exactly what's going to happen, how he's going to die on the cross, how he's going to live this crazy, radical life that is self-sacrificial and, and leads and, and changes this world. But these shepherds had no idea. They were waiting their whole lives for something like this to happen. And then these angels come and say, the Messiah has been born. Just a common, average folk, God reveals that Messiah has been born. And they immediately leave everything that they were doing. They run and they go downtown to Bethlehem, and they, and they find where Jesus and Mary, or Joseph and Mary and Jesus are, and they go and they worship the Messiah. They want to be around the Messiah. They want to be around Jesus. And many, many of us sitting here today have the same invitation to be with Jesus, to go and experience the Messiah, experience this person of peace, but we, we don't experience this person of peace a lot of times. We, when you're going through the Christmas, during the Christmas season, you, you literally might pick up your kids from school. You might have to go to Walmart and get eight or nine different gifts. You might have to wrap them especially and, and make sure that every single gift is piss, picked out for that specific person and that you get a specific stocking for that person with their name in the right order. And you got to make sure everything's ordered in on time. And there's so much stress that comes with this season. And we, and we feel like it's, it's not really what we want. We don't get the emotion, we don't get the feeling that we want from being there, from being a part of the Christmas season. And, but, why do we, but why do we feel that now? Why do we feel like we're not experiencing this Advent season? Why are we not excited about Christmas? Why are we not experiencing peace and I think, for me, I, as I was really thinking about this, I think a lot of times I expect Jesus to bring me peace instead of going to him for peace. 
See, Jesus can't just bring you part of himself. He can't just open the door and, and give you peace in a nice, a nice box and just leave. That's not how Jesus works. Jesus works through relationships. That's why here at Fairdale Christian Church, we want to be real people rooted in Jesus. Jesus doesn't want to stop by your house and drop off a gift. He actually wants to come inside sit down with you, talk, and he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to hear about the great things that are going on in your life. He wants to hear about the messy things that are going on in your life. Because Jesus literally is peace, he can't just give that to you. You have to spend time with Jesus to attain peace. And I find myself, I'm I'm somebody, I'm a person that is very um, driven or I, I like to... I like to try to do the best, like I try to find out and try to become my best self. So a lot of times I'll get on these random kicks, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a cold shower every day for the next 30 days so that I'm more focused and uh, I wake up and I'm more alert. And so I have all these different goals for myself and I, and I want to achieve all these great things. But what I find myself doing is I'm striving after these goals, striving after these, these great things, and then I'm completely missing the point of being whole, which is not to chase a million different things at once. It's to chase one person, and that's Jesus. I'm tired, I'm tired of running around in a million different circles just trying to become whole again because really it just leads me beating myself up, feeling like I, I, felt, I fell short when I could have just been spending time with the person of peace instead of trying to find peace for myself. And I'm tired of doing that. And, and so what, what can we do to experience peace? Jesus says in, in John 14, 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Jesus cannot give the peace of Caesar. He cannot give you a peace of mind all the time. He can't give you circumstantial peace. He's actually going to give you lasting peace. The, the truth about peace is really we're only going to get glimpses of it here because it's, it's external, it's circumstantial. But the person of peace is when we actually experience wholeness. Peace isn't a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a person. It's the person of Jesus. So Christmas, this season of Advent, isn't, isn't trivial. It's transformational. It's the announcement of the person of peace, Jesus. He says, drop everything, run to me, and he can fix you. He doesn't fix you with more busyness, with more hobbies, with more work. That peace only lasts for a second. He brings you a peace that's lasting, and he doesn't just leave it at the doorstep. He invites you to be in a real relationship that's rooted in him. So, so how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we chase the person of peace? And really, it's, it's simple. What did, what did the shepherds do? When they heard that Jesus the Messiah, the person that they had anticipated, what they were looking for in that season, when they heard the Messiah was born, they ran and dropped everything and ran exactly to the person of peace, Jesus. They didn't wait. They didn't stop. They didn't do anything. They put themselves in close proximity to the Messiah, and all they knew was Jesus was in Bethlehem. Go and follow him. They didn't focus on a million other things they needed to do. Well, we need to, um, 
uh, you know, well, we need to stop and uh, go get something to eat beforehand and, and then uh, feed, you know, feed our sheep and do this. No, the angels told them, go and see the Messiah. And they, and they went and they saw the Messiah. The, the, way, I, the way I think about it is really, we're, we're never going to have complete peace on earth. I've, I've said that because we're, we're not whole here on earth until, our, until one day, if we're followers of Jesus, we'll be resurrected with him on the final days. But what we can do is we can experience the, the peace of Jesus more often when we spend time with him. And, and really, it's kind, of like, it's kind of like if I was trying to become this really great basketball player, right? I, right now, I'm, I'm a huge basketball kick, probably because I, I have the gym right next to my office. So anytime I get bored, I, I, I shoot for a little bit. I mean, that's just part of being a youth pastor is, is uh, taking up shots in your workday. But um, so I'm really into basketball right now. And if I wanted to be this great basketball player, I could, I could work forever on my own. I could watch YouTube videos. But it would be even better if, for, if in, in some scenario, say I could spend um, like a few months with Michael Jordan, right? And I would go over to Michael Jordan's house, and he would teach me how to be like super competitive and in really good shape. And he would show me all of his moves. And if I spent like three or four months with Michael Jordan, I would be a much better basketball player, right? Like, I would be able to shoot, I would have all these crazy layup moves, I would be cooking like the average person. But, I mean, look at me. I, I am not going to be anything like Michael Jordan. And that's just, that's just the facts. That's, that's reality. But by spending time with the definition of greatness in basketball, I'm going to be a great basketball player. And that's really, that's really our goal as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is to put ourselves next to Jesus so we can be like Jesus. Put ourselves next to Jesus so we can be like Jesus. The goal is not to be Jesus because you are not Jesus. You never will be Jesus, but you can put yourself next to Jesus. Now, if, you're, if you are not, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if becoming a real person rooted in Jesus is something new for you, this, this is awesome. And, and I get that putting yourself next to Jesus seems vague. It seems... Um, it seems like unachievable in some ways if you're new and you're sitting here and you don't really know how to do that. And I, and I just want to say that I don't want to leave us here with the same feeling about this Advent season as when we came in. The feeling of stress and not really knowing what to do and not really knowing how to have peace. I want us to feel like when we leave here, we know what peace is. And so if you're, if you're new, if you, want to follow, if you want to continue your relationship with Jesus or continue to know him more... The first thing I would say is just continue to be curious. Continue to ask questions. Continue to actually come here and be a part of services every week. Put yourself in close proximity to Jesus just by being curious about him. You don't have to know everything about Jesus. You don't have to um, have everything in your life figured out. That's, that's why we're here. We actually want to hear your questions. We want to hear what's going on in your life here at Fairdale Christian Church. And if you have some like question that you think is just really, uh, it's not good to ask that question, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to ask them that. I don't want uh, to be controversial with anything. We actually want your questions. If you're new to, if you're new to this Christianity thing, or you've been gone for a long time, we want to walk through these big questions with you. So if you're new and you want to experience peace and you want to put yourself next to the person of peace, be curious. And if, and if being curious seems too vague, 
someone probably brought you here today that, that is you know, trying to plug you into church. Maybe you have a friend or someone you know that you're like, man, I, I don't know a lot about being a Christian, but I know that this person has treated me really well. I know that they're really kind to me. I know that they look me in the eye when they talk to me. I know that they care and listen intently. If it's too much to put yourself next to Jesus, put yourself next to the person that you think is most like Jesus. And by hanging out with them, by hanging out with that person, it's going to feel a lot more comfortable to actually put yourself next to Jesus. I think the next, the next person I want to focus on is, is someone that has been, has been a faithful follower for a long time. And this is, I would put myself in that category. But, but for some reason, this season of Advent seems trivial. Christmas seems trivial. And I, and I think what has happened to a lot of us when we think about this Christmas season is we have forgotten how great it is to have wholeness in our own lives. You, you might have forgotten what it was like to live without Jesus, without living with the hope that when you woke up in the morning, you had a purpose and you had a plan and you were excited. That is a gift. Peace and wholeness is a gift from God and it's not something that we can forget. A lot of times, I, I think, I was thinking about the, the old advent calendars that, they, that I used to have as a kid and they're, they got like 30 days and it's like a piece of chocolate every day and, that, and the goal if you give this to one of your kids is for them to get excited about Jesus' birth by eating chocolate every day, which I don't know how that translated in, in the marketers' minds. You know, oh, I'm going to give my kids chocolate every day, and they're going to think of Jesus. I don't, I don't know how that made sense. And our view of Christmas is honestly kind of like that chocolate. We're just, we think that we're just waiting for that next piece of chocolate instead of focusing on the person of peace. We're focusing on, on these external things, the things that don't matter, the peppermint mochas, the candy canes, the Mariah Carey Christmas music. When we have a Savior, we have Jesus Messiah, who was prophesied over hundreds of times in the Old Testament and actually has a relationship with us, he gives us peace, and we just we think this season is all about the wrong things. Maybe we, re- we need to take a step back, not be as busy, and, and remind ourselves that Jesus is our Savior, and this season... Is that, and, this, and our lives are about orienting ourselves around the fact that he has come to give us peace. He says, focus on me, run to me like the shepherds did, and ignore all these other distractions. Maybe, maybe for you that looks like, I know for me, the one thing I want to do is before I, before I eat dinner, I want, to, I want to just take a moment and read a verse or two of scripture. It doesn't have to be something super long. It can just be one or two verses or a psalm or maybe a part of the Christmas story. But if you do this at your table, if you do this with your families, if you do this as a part of your routine, what it ingrains in your head is that Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. He saved me. He is the person of peace. Let me run to him. It's a small step that puts us next to Jesus. Or maybe like this season is just insanely stressful for you. Maybe that's too much. Well, I'm going to give you a break. Literally just spend five minutes. Maybe, maybe your goal is to spend five minutes just being quiet, being in solitude. Maybe when you get your morning cup of coffee, instead of thinking about everything you have to do today, think about Jesus, the Messiah, how he saved you, what he saved you from, and how you feel whole because of your relationship with Jesus. 
So that, those, are the, those are the two things I want to look at. We want to put ourselves next to Jesus. And, and I wanted to think about, you know, someone that's being curious and someone that needs to remember who Jesus as the Messiah was. But I also want to talk to that person here today that is really going through a rough time during this holiday season. This, the holidays are great because of all these many things that are happening, but it also gives us this expectation that we have to be happy all the time. And for many of us, that's not our reality. I grew up in a, in a single-parent household. My mom worked her butt off to provide for me and my brothers. And I, and I know what it's like to see a mom that's stressed out because she feels like she can't afford Christmas gifts. To see a mom that's stressed out that doesn't feel like she's good enough because she can't give her kids the Christmas she expected. To feel like you have to be happy all the time because that's what this season is. I just want you to know that Jesus is here for you. He is there with you. And he is the person of peace. You will not always have peace here on earth. That is not a promise that Jesus gave us. But what he did say, he's the person of peace. And he's going to be there for you in every moment. I'm going to light this candle, uh, these two candles here for us today. And Advent is, is four main things. It's, it's hope, it's peace, it's love, and it's joy. And I'm lighting these two candles here today for, for hope and peace, and especially for those that are having a difficult holiday season with this idea of peace. It's not easy, but God doesn't want you to do it alone, and he wants to do it through a relationship with him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for being the person of peace. Thank you for being our Savior, our Lord. Remind us that every single day, how much you dramatically love us, how you, you broke through heaven and earth to be with us, Father, and how this season is about orienting our lives around you, the person of peace. Father, give us strength, give us hope. Help us be inspirational influences on our families this year. And give us the strength that we need in this day. In your name, amen.